Hey, and it is time for us to bring you the latest episode from This Hong Kong Live, which is a great podcast service by Kelly Support Group. Joining the conversation tonight is Alex. You're listening to This Hong Kong Life, a podcast of stories and conversations with everyday youth across Hong Kong. Every week, we bring you episodes that reflect the unique bilingual nature of our city's culture, sharing the voices and thoughts of young people growing up and living in the city we call home. Welcome to Season 3. Our theme is Mental Health and Me. Welcome to the show. Uh, we're really excited to start this new season with a guest from out of town who used to live in Hong Kong, but uh, now she's back. Alex, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're really excited to have you. It's a special season for us, um, and we'd really love to hear your stories, uh, young people's stories across the city. Uh, so tell us, um, how did Hong Kong become your home? So I moved here in the early 2000s with my parents and lived in Discovery Bay for a couple years and then I moved to Japan for 10 years and after the earthquake my parents knew we couldn't really stay in Japan anymore so we made the move in 2012 and I stayed here since then so that was till 2016 and then I went to the UK for university but I just keep coming back. Hong Kong is really my home so there's no doubt about where I'm going to end up one day. Sounds really cool. I mean, I think, you know, Hong Kong is that way for many people. Um, so growing up, uh, what were some of the things that you really enjoyed doing in Hong Kong? I think the first thing in Hong Kong for me was how friendly and open it was. It was a very big shift from Japan and it was just as easy as being go to the beach or go to the movies with my friends. So a bigger social space. So I think my favorite thing was even in year nine, every week, everyone in our class would go see a movie together. And I loved that closeness. It's something I saw across a lot of different schools and age groups, the very close-knit communities. And then being able to go into things, like my dad forced me to do sailing every summer. It built character, <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. And then Faust was my big thing. I was huge on theatre. And in Hong Kong, you could go to those huge theatre spaces and perform and it was so exciting for me. I think that there's something about theatre, isn't there? Like that you can sort of adopt a character and, and sort of play something else. Um, what kind of plays did you do when you were at Faust? Well, my first show I did in Hong Kong was Kensuke's Kingdom. And I remember that's near the amphitheatre, the, um, the Hugh in Wan Chai. And I played the grandmother and a hunter, so not very big roles. And then I progressed into bigger shows like Waiting for Godot and Romeo and Juliet. But I just loved it because Faust really focused on expressing yourself and emotions. So you really did learn about how to express yourself in a healthy way. And I think that's something most kids should get to do, just learning about the different emotions and expressing them. I think there's something interesting that you said there just about it being a healthy way to express sort of yourself. But I think most people think about theatre and they think, oh my goodness, I have stage fright, I can't perform or I can't remember everything in front of so many people. How did Was that something that you ever thought about or had to confront? Oh, definitely. I think when you're a teenager especially and you're performing and you're in front of your friends, there's this kind of like little cringe and going, oh my God, they're seeing me do like Romeo and Juliet and you have to kiss your friend in a show and it's slightly scary and embarrassing but then it's a big push and I think that adrenaline you get 
sometimes you just forget it. You go on that stage and you can't see the audience and it is just you there. Yeah. So that was for me. I'd get really nervous and then I'd go out there and it was calm and peaceful. It sounds like actually a safe space for you then, almost. I think Faust really developed it quite well because、um, it had very big groups and I was in stage group and we were quite a small one. And, you know, it's been four years, nearly five since I left Faust as a student and we're all still best friends. Most of us have worked together and whenever we're all in the same country, whether it's the UK or Hong Kong, we all meet up. That's amazing and a big shout out to the Faust、uh, team here in Hong Kong.、Um, so, serious question though theatre or movies? Well, theatre. I think everything is built from that, and I get so bad with it. I went to the big, oldest theatre in the UK in London, and the cinema there is built from a theatre. So they took everything, the best parts of theatre, to make the ultimate cinema. So we've learned from it. And I just think the theatre has, has so many different influences. It's not just the ultra dramatic. It's things like improv and being able to think on your feet. Yeah, I think、um, when I said that I was looking at movies or theatre, you know, I was half expecting you to actually say movies because that's one of your highlights, you know, when you were growing up in Hong Kong. But it's cool to see what you've said. I mean, I think you make a really good point, you know. I think cinema has really learned from theatre. So, speaking about the dramatics, we are focusing on the theme of mental health this month. And a lot of times people think about mental health and they have so many different perceptions about that.、Um, for you, You, how do you see the topic of mental health? What does that mean to you? I think it's such a broad term because everyone has mental health. So I, I think there's a big shift in how we handle it. And it's not just saying mental health is bad, it's actually now going into saying you all have mental health. You're all going to feel a certain way. You're never going to be just one thing. And it's expanding. I think a great example in movies as well was Inside Out. The, Actual physical embodiment of emotions was so important to show how they cross over, and that is really what mental health is. It's never just one thing, it's your experiences, it's your physical reaction, your emotional reaction, your behavior, and it all comes into play.、Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important how we shift our language towards it.、Mm -hmm. So, a really important one I've seen in the UK currently when we're seeing with student suicide and mental health when it's the most. Negative outcome for us, we say we lost them to mental health instead of saying so. It's shifting it to say something is happening, but you're not alone. So, Alex, tell me a little bit about your personal journey with mental health and what that's been like for you. So, I normally see my mental health journey beginning in Japan. So, I had a very bad experience of bullying and exclusion. And that really affected my self confidence. So, that was my mental health issue. I was very nervous. I was very reclusive. I couldn't make eye contact for a long time. And I saw a psychologist in Tokyo, who I still am actually in touch with today as a more of a co worker and a friend.、Mm. And she just really opened up my eyes to my own mental health because she firstly said to me, It's okay to feel this way, it's not just you. People are going to feel really bad sometimes and sometimes feel really good.、Mm. So she's always been like the kind of base in it, helped me going, I want to work in this area.、Mm. And then coming to Hong Kong was this huge peak for me because I was making friends, I was having a really good time in school, and I had a great experience. And then I went off to university, and it was such a huge culture shock to me because I've spent most of my life in Hong Kong and Tokyo. 
And I remember the homesickness and just being quite scared, not knowing how to handle certain things. Mm. So my second year was very rough for me. I really struggled with my mental health. I definitely, things like, you don't want to get out of bed mm. and your lecture's recorded, so you just kind of start like cycling around it, going, I don't need to go to campus, I don't need to do this. Mm. And I was kind of stuck for a bit and it feels like a bit of a hole. Mm. And then I kind of clawed myself out and went, right, you're going to move, you're going to make new friends, you're going to join a new club. Mm. I basically forced myself for a year mm. to just keep moving. Mm. And then I finished my degree and I moved to Cardiff and it was just a huge year. Covid happened, <laughs> but it was a great year and I'd made new friends, I was in a new city and I felt like a new person mm. and I was doing more of what I loved. So I've kind of come around to the, hopefully, not the end, but a nice plateau of being happy. Mm, thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, I think there's so many young people in Hong Kong who are struggling with cyberbullying, actually, and are going through that even as we're speaking. How did you find the motivation to recognize that it was not something that was good for you? And, you know, I think you were quite young then. How did you end up finding somebody to help you? Um, what motivated you to do that? Well, I was very lucky. I have very supportive parents who did notice that I was acting out. And that's the most common thing you see. When kids are, are getting hurt, they lash out. And my parents went, this isn't you. This You're not happy. And it's reflecting in how you behave at home and your marks and me wanting to quit swimming, quit everything I was doing. So firstly, it was transferring schools and I went to a new school in Tokyo for like two years before I left for Hong Kong, um, changing to a new swim team, basically making some changes. And then my mum was friends with the psychologist and she said, you know, let's have just an informal chat. And I remember she had this lovely little study and you could just curl up on her sofa. And I remember crying the first session. It was quite a huge unloading for me because I kept a lot of what was going on inside and I didn't realize actually how common it was. And looking back, I realized in Tokyo especially, there was a huge issue with bullying in the schools and I was not the only one. But when it all happens to you, you do feel like you're the only one and no one else can understand it. And so this psychologist, Elizabeth, she worked with me for a while. And I mean, I still talk to her nowadays, normally just to get opinions and do some research, but it, she was such a big figure in my life that made me go, you are okay, and things will get better, but you do need to fight a bit for yourself. Thanks for listening. This Hong Kong Life is an initiative of Kelly Support Group. We are a youth organization empowering young people to reach their full potential in Hong Kong. See you next time. Common Room with Alison Howe. Common Room with Alison Howe.